You're listening to Consciously Crude. Unapologetic truths the collective is ready for. Granting permission for the incognito spiritual badass to dive deeper into the magic of their universe. Come out of the spiritual closet. Awaken your courageous heart. Step deeper into your divine power. These are the quantum upgrades your matrix is ready for. Let's dive deep. Welcome to episode four of Consciously Crude. This is an episode where Jazz and I are going to be talking about accessing all parts of ourselves. And specifically, we're referring to the deeper, more unconscious parts of ourselves. And on our last episode, episode three, we really, really dive deep into breaking apart, breaking down the matrix. What does that mean? Uh, What does that consist of? And we talked so much about the unconscious mind or the subconscious mind. And there was so much information there that we really wanted to offer a follow-up episode where we could help you, the listener, to ultimately understand how to better understand those parts and understand those layers and how to communicate with that unconscious entity. So Jazz is here with me and she is going to share with you a little bit about what that means um, to recognize those layers and those parts of the unconscious mind. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, Hi, Amanda. Hi. Hi today. <laughs> I'm doing pretty damn good. <laughs> How are you yeah, doing? It's good. I'm awesome. <laughs> um, last episode, you mentioned to our viewers uh, the analogy of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to bring that up again uh, briefly. And you had said that, you know, I think we've all seen this image kind of fly around social media. And sometimes we talk about it in the terms of success, what people see and what people don't see. Right. Um, and it's very much. Um, true for the comparison of our conscious and unconscious mind, what we see and what we don't see. And so that little tip uh, that's that's sticking out on top of the water, that conscious mind portion, that holds your rational thinking, your logical mind, your ability to be um, critical, to make decisions. Um, it holds your short-term memory and um, it holds your personality, your, your uh, whole set of conditions that made you the person that you are today. Mm-hmm. And so when we dive into that unconscious mind, it's a little bit more, we'll say the water's murkier, you're going deep down into that dark ocean, and it's hard to really fully see um, with that conscious, logical mind, what's really going on there. Right. And so we want to kind of dive into that deep portion of that iceberg and really talk about the different parts that are available to us um, Mm. in that depth. Yeah. Uh, So before we do that, there is something cool that I heard uh, from Dr. Joe Dispenza to sort of um, break apart these two portions. And it is going to be helpful helpful for those listeners who are still dealing with that monkey mind, that like overactive thinking conscious brain. And he talks about how the, um, that, that layer between the uh, conscious and unconscious, we'll call that the water layer. So where that iceberg is being broken up, he calls that the analytical brain Mm -hmm. and how the thicker or more developed that analytical brain, the more time we've spent in our life in that analytical brain is going to make it harder for us to dive into that unconscious. Interesting. The thicker that analytical, the more we have to get past the, well, 
what's the rational here? What's the logic? Why am I doing this? What do I need this for? Mm-hmm. Where the unconscious mind doesn't really care about those questions. No. It, the, the things that pop up in our unconscious mind, in our reality, they pop up because the time is now. Right. And, and we're ready. And yeah. we're strong enough and we have the tools and the capabilities to overcome the, the treasures that lurk in these, uh, these unconscious. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so cool. one of these uh, topics that we're going to talk about just briefly, we want to introduce sort of all, not all of it, but um, the main uh, treasures of that unconscious mind. And the first one that I like to speak on is the inner child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You hear this all the time. You hear, oh, inner child work, reparenting your inner child. And I think that it can sound for some even maybe a little bit like fluffy. They're like, what the hell does that mean? So perhaps you can offer our listeners, what does that mean to work with the inner child? So I think it's important to understand that we all have inner child work to do and it's not a reflection of parents and their parenting style or efficiency of parenting, if you will. Um, It is, your inner child is a part of your unconscious mind where all of your unmet needs are kept. Mm. And all of the needs that you uh, are are needing to fulfill for your own journey, your own experience, but Perhaps you're feeling unworthy, not good enough, or um, that that need isn't isn't right for you to have. Like, like who are who am I to have this need to be fulfilled? Mm, and yeah. so, our our inner child um, develops during our upbringing and into our adult life, where we don't, when we continuously don't honor our own needs, our 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 needs that are so true in our heart. Right. Right. Yeah. And like everybody's needs will ultimately reflect differently because, um, you know, imagine that you are, you grew up in the same family and you have two children and they both get the same attention, love and care, but their perception of that is different perhaps. So maybe one child feels like they never get any attention because their younger sibling always does. And the younger sibling always feels like, they have to cry to get attention. And so, um, you know, they both grew up with their own mental maps or schemas around what it means to get their needs met. And even though the parent with the, with the goodwill from their heart was like, oh, I gave you all the love and care in the world, doesn't mean that that was how it was necessarily received. Mm-hmm. So even if you've had an amazing upbringing, I think it's, like you said, something to recognize that we all have this inner child work. It's not about having this like, profound trauma that's happened to you, Mm -hmm. um, the unconscious mind takes everything personal. So Mm -hmm. even the most simple of things can feel um, like trauma to the unconscious. And, and trauma isn't necessarily like this, like big bad wolf. It's like, it's just, it just is part of the process. Yeah, I think that's where a lot of people get confused with that word trauma. Um, as a child, if you're sitting on the floor laughing and having a great old time and you reach up for your parent and they're in a busy rush space and they don't really have a moment and so they don't mimic that happiness, that joy back to you and they just kind of do their own thing, Yeah, that's very traumatizing for that child. Right. And our adult brains can look back on that experience and think rationally with our conscious mind, 
oh, that's not a big deal. That shouldn't mm-hmm. have made a, an impact or how could that make a, such a big impact on me today? Right. Well, it does. It really does. Mm-hmm. And so it's, um, that's a really great point is that being the adult now looking back, we can make the logical decision. So it's, this is the opportunity to then mm. practice this term that I've heard from like the holistic psychologist. It's like reparenting. It's like mm-hmm. our ability to reparent ourselves and give ourselves what we needed now um, that we wanted back then and was not fulfilled back then. Um, is there anything else that you want to add to that? I want to add, and we're going to touch on this later when we talk about all of the unconscious entities, if you will, of, you know, we can access and do this work in the physical 3D reality through reparenting techniques. And we can also do this work um, from a meditative and a healing perspective. And we're going to mm-hmm. dive into how uh, a little bit later into that episode. But I think that yeah. was a really good a summary of the inner child and um, how important that part of us is. And I, and I know that the inner child, um, we might think of it as like a separate part. We, when we say part, we might think, oh, that's the, the part. And we're envisioning like this little child and they're living within us. Mm-hmm. Um, the part is also part of the whole. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like you are the same person you were when you were, let's say, seven years old in the sense that you're not a, you're not a whole new different person. And yet at the same time you are. Mm-hmm. Like you mm-hmm. are still that person. If, if I look back at photographs, if I look back at memories, like I'm like, that was me. That is mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And I am so different now. I've completely mm-hmm. recycled all of my DNA like many times over. So it's like, even though we think of it maybe as like a part, as though it's like a fraction of, it's like, it's more so it's deeply integrated into the whole as well. And we operate best when we are working from a holistic and, uh, like, yeah, a whole and harmonious union within ourselves. Yeah. So to separate parts and be like, this is the part of me that, this is a part of me that, there are benefits to that. And also it's like how to create a union within self and recognize that that part isn't separate from you. It is, it is you. You'll hear me say a lot the term aspect of you. Because mm. I find that using the word aspect of you, it, it's, it allows for that, to be inclusive mm-hmm. more than part I find right, right. Yeah. Oh, I love that that's such a great yeah. reframe yeah. great reframe <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then the next aspect to be presented <laughs> is this one is one of my favorites okay not one of my favorites this one is my favorite oh, yeah. um, and I think it's also the most real for right now. We're all experiencing this aspect of us to some degree right now, whether we recognize it or not. And it's also the, maybe this is just from my experience, but you can touch on this too. From the most part, I find that this aspect brings the most, um, the deepest healing in the sense that it can be the most triggering. Mm-hmm. And when we're working with our shadow, it's, it's, it's like really feels icky sometimes. Mm. And I mean that in the best way possible. Mm. Because when we are looking at the shadow, we're looking at all the parts of our own self that we've suppressed, that we've shut down. Mm-hmm. I like to use the analogy that Debbie Ford uses in her book, uh, The Dark Side of the Light Chasers 
great book for anybody who's into shadow work. Um, she talks about the uh, analogy of a castle and that as a child, we're all our own castle. And within this castle, there are so many different rooms. And when we're young, we have no problem going in and out of each of these rooms. And each of these rooms represents a different character or trait or um, emotion, if you will. And so we see this to be true very much in our children um, who can throw tantrums in the grocery store mm-hmm. or can run in the back wa- backyard and you look out and you're like, what the heck are they doing? And their imagination is just running wild and they're being crazy and they're loving it. Yeah. And so, you know, we're not afraid of trying on these different outfits, if you will, or going in these different rooms and embodying that emotion until someone in our experience tells us otherwise, tells us that we shouldn't be acting like that in the grocery store. Girls don't do that. Boys don't cry. Stand up straight, act a certain way until you're, you, you've been shown that when you step into that room, mom doesn't love you very much anymore or dad gets upset or your sister doesn't think you're cool. Mm -hmm. So you start to shut that door and eventually you, that door gets shut so much that you lock it, you board it up with some nails and some hammers and you call it a day and you don't look at that place anymore. Mm -hmm. Emotion that that quality of you gets pulled down into that unconscious as part of the shadow. And sometimes they are so suppressed in that shadow that we don't see that shadow until it is being projected at us for, from another person. Right. Or not projected, that's not the right word, until it's being mirrored from another person. Mm-hmm. So this was really, really true for me when I, was, when I first started bodybuilding. Gotcha. And I was was very much like in my masculine and my feminine, like, where was she? She was, she was lost and she was very wounded. And being a girly girl was not part of my existence from a very, very young age. I shoved that part of me in my shadow. Mm-hmm. And so I remember going to the gym and seeing more feminine women in the gym wearing cute little outfits, looking cute, looking adorable, beautiful, strong. And this brought something up in me. Mm -hmm. This irked me to my core and my physical body. I could feel something activate in me. And, you know, my conscious mind would tell me, oh, who do they think they are? Why the hell are these women putting on makeup and coming to the gym? Ugh, ugh, ugh. Like, I would just swoof them off. And it Mm -hmm. wasn't until recognizing how, you know, how much I identified as a tomboy and one of the guys and that girly girls were not for me and I couldn't hang out with girls, blah, blah, blah. The story that I had, um, that I had to really recognize that this was a shadow aspect of mine. Right. It's a thing that you, it triggered you and it was the only way that you could recognize it as like, if let's say you had visited that within that room within yourself, like that door is shut. So it's not like you're going to see, like maybe at that moment when you first saw these women dressed this way, it wasn't like you went, oh, that's probably what's hiding in that, behind that door. That's probably what's within me. Like you didn't think that. You thought, fuck that person. 
they're stupid. Like, yeah, <laughs> you, have straight up. you have straight up judgment with them. And it's only until you can start to recognize that these are reflections. And, and trust me, there's always denial. There's always like, yes. oh, no, that's not me. I don't have, are you joking? It's like, it is so in contrast to you, which is why when you said earlier, you said, you know, shadow could be the most profound healing. Well, I wonder if it's just the most in contrast, right? It's just, it gets so in contrast that you notice, you're like, wow, oh my God, I used to be X and now I'm Y. Like, oh my God, I can't even believe that versus a really subtle, gentle healing. You're like, Oh, I've always felt this good. And it's like, no, you haven't. Like, you're forgetting what just happened. <laughs> and you just showed me a different layer of that wounded masculine of mine of like needing it to be hard, right? Like the shadow, like, oh, I love the shadow. It's so juicy. Like, give me all the healing. And you're like, well, it can also be gentle. And like, that's something that I need to remind myself of, mm. of calling in that nurturing feminine and, and saying, you know, it doesn't always have to be so dark and intense. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for revealing that right here on the middle of the podcast. That You're was welcome. Beautiful. Thank you for mirroring <laughs> what, like, receiving that information and going like, oh, what a different layer of my shadow. Like, just so in discernment rather than experiencing right. it as a judgment or attaching a story or emotion to it. You're just like, yeah, cool. What an interesting part of that. <laughs> Ask- right. <laughs> so different, yeah, exactly. And I think you know a lot of people out there listening might think you know, well, if she's not a girly girl, she's not a girly girl. Like, what's the point of like wanting to like incorporate that into your life? And it's remembering again that we're those spiritual beings here having that human experience, and that includes the entire spectrum. So right. if we're looking to feel very whole within our own bodies, we need to allow ourselves to have permission to explore what we haven't explored before and to maybe try on oh I can maybe I am a girly girl today or maybe I can let that out and maybe if I do let that out you know it might have an impact on my sexual relationship and increase that that uh, vibration there and it might make me feel good within my partnership you know Mm -hmm. there's 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 different things attached to these shadows that aren't very direct you it's hard to decipher um but that's the thing about the shadows is that there's so many gifts within it and when it comes to accepting it that also brings more gifts absolutely it's like maybe you may not be a girly girl but like if you could have the choice between judging people and putting your energy into feeling frustrated and, and justified with every person you meet or you were to just witness them and be like, have a nice day and move on with your life. Why would you want to be the person that's investing energy into being an asshole? (laughs) Like you're being triggered. So like, that's nobody's problem, but your but your own. That's your responsibility as the adult with the logical mind to go, why am I so triggered by this? Right. What could be here? And, um, I think that that's such a beautiful, like you said, the acceptance offers such a beautiful gift of like being able to then even connect with people that you've never been able to connect with before. Yes. yes. Like I've had people that have triggered me so hard and you know, I go through some healing and like a year later I'm like, this person's amazing. Like why was I ever yeah. similarly? I had someone like that, actually someone who was very feminine and now she's a, she's a teacher of mine and I absolutely adore her. But at the time I was in such rejection of my feminine that witnessing her feminine was like, Ugh, like, she needs to get a grip. And like my, it was such a wounded masculine that I was operating out of. And there was a wounded feminine. So it's like, 
Yeah. There's a whole bunch we can talk about with masculine and feminine that we will dive into. Yes. Um, but I think it's like just helping the listeners today understand that the communication with your unconscious is an ongoing process and it's an ongoing conversation. So Jazz, maybe you can, you can help us out here and kind of offer an example or like a, a process of how to have that conversation when it happens. Yeah, absolutely. How to, how to not only have that conversation when it happens, but how to make that conversation happen. Totally. In the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Versus avoiding it. Yeah. So, and you're, you're talking about the conversation with the unconscious mind, right? Not the people that you're, okay. (laughs) Yeah. I think first we, it's important that we first learn how to um, have that conversation with our unconscious because there is such a level of responsibility, ownership, and sovereignty that comes with the inner work. Yes. And if we are approaching the inner work as a way to be like, now I get to tell everyone how I really feel. It's like, well, maybe, but you can do that in your own head. You don't have to do that to them in this, again, 3D world where like physically you're having the interaction. Yeah. Unconscious mind doesn't know the difference between that between that, that 3D, like me and you actually having a conversation versus having it be imagined. Um, And there's studies where they show this. They say like, they have the brain mapped and they say, imagine a past memory and imagine an imaginary event and the amygdala and the prefrontal cortex light up. Right. 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 And the hippocampus. So it's like the memory centers light up and it doesn't matter whether it's real or not. Your mind can can believe it, it, it is real. Um, which is also quite interesting because you can even, I've noticed I have sometimes shadow, uh, shadow work that I've done. And I realize, oh my God, that fear comes from like watching a show one time when I was young. Yeah, It's like, that was not even a real thing, but my mind like installed it as, oh my God, that scary music, that scary scene, be afraid of that thing when it's like, which is why it's so important. I think that we are conscious of what we're absorbing with social media, with, with all kinds of media right now um, and always, but it's just the shadow is very insidious and finds ways to creep in and not make any sense. Like it's not about it making sense. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah so anyways, continue. I, I kind of went on a tangent there. <laughs> okay. It was beautiful. Um, I think that, yeah, to dive into the unconscious and to get to know these parts of you, get to know the, the aspect of your inner child, the aspect of your shadow, of your masculine, feminine, um, it is to understand that w- when your brain was developing and these aspects were establishing themselves in the first place was, we mentioned this on our last podcast, between the ages of zero to seven when you're a sponge and the reason that you're a sponge is because your brain is operating in a theta brain wave state. And mm-hmm. so that is the frequency that, that the brain is emitting and absorbing. And so when we go through our developmental stage, a lot of us in adult stage, we aren't in that theta brain wave state any longer, but it doesn't mean we can't access it. Mm-hmm. The way that we access this state is through meditation. So mm-hmm. again, why the fuck aren't you meditating already? <laughs> Watch episode two. <laughs> Listen to episode two. <laughs> yeah. Um, when you get into meditation, 
and this comes with practice, obviously, you eventually come to a place where you're able to bring your brain back into that theta wavelength state. And when it is there, you are able to access it better. You are able to interact with it better. You're able to understand it better. Mm-hmm. And it can also speak to you because as we mentioned in our last episode, that unconscious mind has an intelligence behind it, mm-hmm. has a power that we haven't been able to understand as human beings and we don't need to. Right. We don't need to understand it to be able to access it and to utilize it for our best abilities because it, that's exactly what it's for. Yeah. So it's important to be able to um, prioritize your meditative practice so that you're able to sink into these layers within yourself. Yeah. And if you can't um, meditate, you know, energy work, working with different healers, working with different coaches, uh, group meditations, there's lots of options out there for you. Yeah. Um, so if you're telling, sitting there telling yourself, oh, I'm not going to be able to do this work because I can't meditate, recognize right there the message that you're telling yourself. Yeah. And here's an opportunity to s- switch that script yeah. and to give yourself permission. If you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. Yeah. And if you would rather be right than happy, healthy, and wealthy, then you get to be right. So I decided a long time ago that being right is overrated and I still practice reminding myself that and that it is so important for us to um, surrender to that process of the thing that is probably in most resistance where you're most triggered of, oh, I can't do that. I don't want to do that is probably the thing that you need the most. Absolutely. So I resisted shadow work. I remember I I hired uh, Christina Miller. Uh, last year, she loves to dive into the shadow. And here I was being like, oh, let's just like positive think our way out. And she's like, no, we're gonna, we're gonna dive deep. And I had so much resistance only to realize now what a gift that was to work with her in those aspects, because I, I needed to recognize how to approach the shadow. And similar with working with you, Jazz, like there were profound moments of healing integrating that shadow and recognizing that I didn't have to reject or separate myself from my shadow. I could actually create a mental imagined space where I was holding that shadow with love and how that shifted so much for me. So I think that um, it's totally normal and natural to have resistance to the things that we that we don't want to do because ultimately we our unconscious mind is looking to protect us and go, no, 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 don't open that shadow box. Like, remember when you, when you closed it, like we were scared and it was bad to to go there. So you don't want to go there again. You don't want to feel rejected or humiliated or embarrassed or sad again. Um, and being the adult that you are, the likelihood of, of that actually being the case is like you're sitting safely in your own mind. So I think that, um, for those that don't enjoy meditation or don't like it or have a hard time with it, the question I have is like, could you, instead of resisting yourself, lean into yourself and lean into whatever wants to come up because 
what is it that you are rejecting within your unconscious that's trying to be heard, trying to be the need that's trying to be met? I think a lot of the times people are deterred from this work because just that happens. Uncomfortable, scary, anxious, fearful situations, memories, emotions pop up mm-hmm. and they say, whoa, and then shut the lid on it. And I believe that that is why a lot of us are unhappy and unhealthy today is because we've taken half of the emotional spectrum and said that, no, we don't need to look at this. This is bad. Mm -hmm. This is yucky. So it's not for this world. And it's unfortunate. And I have seen in myself and with clients, the moment that we embrace and accept Yes, I can be an angry person. Yes, I can be a mean-hearted person. Yes, I can be this or I can be that. It, 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 it comes to a place of full acceptance for your entire being. Mm-hmm. What a beautiful gift. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean that that's all of who you are. Exactly. And I think that you know, anger is a big one for me. And when I recognize that Yes, anger was a part of my shadow, but it was only a part of my shadow because the dial of my anger was turned all the way up. Mm. And as soon as I recognized that I, was, I had the ability of turning that dial down and using my anger for you know, constructive uh, things in my life, I have an example of a situation that has just recently popped up of the condo that Mike and I are living in. Um, there was some very gray areas in the rules and Um, we were doing something properly within the rules and we had one of the tenants start to make complaints about us and inappropriate complaints and inappropriate emails and inappropriate investigation. And if I didn't have my ability to get angry, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able to protect me and Mike the way that I was able to, which we were in the right and they ended up backing down. But if I was meek and like, oh, oh, oh you know, mm-hmm. uh, they would have just gotten their way and, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't have stood up for myself in the way that I knew that I needed to and that I should. Um, and so it's not that, you know, these things in our shadow rule our existence. It's just a small aspect and yeah. we can learn to live with those aspects and, and use them to our advantage. Precisely. Absolutely. So powerful. Yeah. So, so, so powerful. And I think that for anyone who is looking to dive deeper into that shadow work, the book that Jazzy recommended, I think is an amazing one. And that there are some amazing meditations out there. I know I used to do the anger meditation by Louise Hay all the time. Mm. Um, That one has offered me so much, so much healing. Um, (laughs) It's like, I don't know if you've ever done it, Jazz, but it's like you. I haven't. Okay, so you picture you're in a room and it's like this beautiful safe room and you picture the person who you're upset with and uh, you bring in four different people and you ultimately like, she's like, point your finger at them and blow them up like they're like you're shooting a laser. Yeah. Um, and like say all the mean things that you wanted to say to them. And I remember just like having this beautiful purging release. And yeah. then maybe a couple months later, I was really mad at one specific person. And so I just imagined four of them. Of them. <laughs> I was like, I'm not bringing four separate people. I'm, I'm blowing yeah, yeah. times. Like I'm going to murder yeah. four times. Um, it was- so that's a beautiful example of how you can approach this healing from an energetic perspective and that it does translate onto the 3D reality, right? Yeah. 
there's a shift within that relationship with that, that person without you needing to confront that person. Precisely. But in order for that to be effective, you have to trust and surrender to that unconscious and allow that conscious mind to shut itself off, to slip through that analytical and to be in that space. And I think that that's where a lot of us get tripped up is that we're in our meditation and we're thinking, okay, I'm meditating, I'm meditating, I'm meditating, I'm meditating. That's not, that's not it. Right. Mm -hmm. It's, Mm -hmm. it's that full surrender and that full trust into that experience to allow yourself to get to those gifts. And you know, that's sometimes tricky for a lot of us and, and people need help with that. And that's what you and I are here for. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Amazing. All right. Okay. Anything else that we want to leave our listeners with before we sign off today? I think it's important for them to know that there is more than just this shadow and the inner child that exists within that sub that unconscious mind. Um, But that was enough for uh, to get a taste of what's there. And, And those two aspects, I think, in my opinion, are the bigger aspects um, for most of us. And so, yeah, yeah, a good place to start. Yeah, that many people can ultimately start to play with. And um, yeah, keyword play, like, let this yeah. be fun. Let this be curious and explorative. And, um, you know, these these ego aspects that exist, it's, there's a very powerful quote from a, a song that I really love. And it's that, you know, I didn't, um, I didn't, dis- I didn't transcend my ego, I became friends with it. Mm. so your ego is not there to like make your life miserable your shadow is not there to make your life miserable your inner child is not there to make your life miserable it's they are here to they want to be your friend they want to feel accepted and feel whole and they are simply just different and I think when we can practice accepting those shadow aspects of ourselves it becomes so much easier to accept the people around us that we don't inherently agree with like Mm -hmm. there's so much going on right now in the world of politics and he said she said and this theory that theory and all the confusing messaging and what ultimately this is I think a gift for all of us is an opportunity to really explore what it's what's coming up for us and how this is our own work that we need to do on ourselves so that we can all hopefully transcend this together Thanks for tuning into the show this week. We are so grateful for another opportunity to dive deep with you. If you want to connect with us even further, head to our website, www.consciouslycrude.com. There you will find how to get in touch with both of us, upcoming events and workshops, and links to our social media platforms. We always welcome your input, so feel free to comment your questions, make guest suggestions, and let us know what you learned. And it is so, so, so appreciated that you please rate, comment, and share so we can grow this conscious collective platform. With gratitude, Amanda and Jazz.